Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast brought to you by MCUExchange.com. It's all connected. Everything. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 87 of It's All Connected. This is Russ, and with me again is Matthew. Hey. Hey. Uh, so because we recorded 86 and a half on the trailer, uh, this will be a light news week. We've, Matthew, kind of pulled together a few items that we could briefly talk about, but nothing, yeah. nothing's going to drag out too much. Yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy happened. I think between the trailer and Daredevil about to pop up, you know, Marvel is not dropping anything major, so we don't have a lot to unpack, luckily. Yeah, as we record this, this will be Wednesday the 16th, so we're less than 48 hours away from Daredevil's premiere. Yeah. Um, and I will be out of, just a heads up to everybody, I will be out of town next week, uh, so the recording will go up late, but we'll, uh, we'll definitely be ta- tackling uh, some Daredevil talk, and then the next episode of S.H.I.E.L.D., and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. Uh, so first news item uh, is, I guess, the official production title for the Spidey reboot is called Son of George. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I typed that wrong. It's Summer of George. Summer of George. Okay. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, which um, I guess is, I mean, I don't guess. Everybody says it's a Seinfeld reference. I don't, you know, haven't watched yeah. Seinfeld, so yeah. I don't know that. But, you know, seems like the type of news bit that people would be interested in hearing. So Sure. Yeah. There it is. The the either the writers or the director or somebody is a fan of Seinfeld, which you know, I mean, given Spidey's like comic sense and uh basing in New York, it's you know it's kind of apropos, so it shows that at least somebody involved has a sense of humor, which is a good start. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Luke Cage, they had a rap party on Luke Cage, so I guess it's officially done. Yes, um, I know somebody on um, somebody on our like behind the scenes team was saying that even with Daredevil, I think even when they had their rap party, they still were shooting for another week. So it's sort of like a rap party doesn't mean that they're one hundred percent done filming, but it means that you know we're within like a few days of them wrapping up. I mean, they're at the tail end of the show of you know filming the show and everything so yeah yeah so I'm, I'm sure by the time this is even dropped they'll you know technically be finished shooting everything so again all the more curious that we're you know potentially waiting until the end of september for the show yeah yeah because <clears throat> well we'll say i guess when they did jessica jones jessica jones didn't start shooting until february and it premiered in November. So if they're wrapping in March, yeah, it just yeah. I mean, seems... they started shooting in August, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're we're talking about right now. I mean, if if it debuts September thirtieth, and if they're done filming now, that's you know six months and a week past. You know, they're done filming before they put it out. And I mean, I know there's some promotion and obviously some post production, but I I don't know. It's it's interesting that they're sitting on it that long especially because we've got doctor strange coming out in november so you almost think you'd want to situate it more in between i would also assume that we're getting shield premiering at the end of september so if that's right we're getting the premiere of shield maybe the premiere of most wanted along with it and luke cage all dropping towards the end of september beginning of october instead of the whole wide open summer where nothing is happening yeah so i i just I still sort of find that hard to believe, despite what Mike Coulter said. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for them to drop their Netflix show and their two ABC shows all the same. I mean, all primetime TV is going to be dropping around the end of September, beginning of October. So yeah. that seems like the worst time to drop your show that you want people to binge watch instead of the summer when no TV is happening. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, baseball, the playoffs are kind of in high gear at that time too. So Yeah, and then a month later you've got your, you know, second big blockbuster film of the year it just again it just it doesn't make a lot of sense so i don't know i'm still sort of holding out hope that we're going to see it in 
you know, sometime around July, maybe August, but into September, just logistically business wise, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So I don't know. We'll see. Agreed. Uh, so the next news bit we have is uh, Jeff Loeb was talking and said that uh, Colson and Iron Fist will meet. And when yeah. when you dig a little deeper on that, a lot of people are saying, well, I guess Loeb said that it may not be Phil Colson, but Clark Gregg. Uh, right. That, that, you know, he kind of promised Clark Gregg that he'd be able to meet Iron Fist when, when that was going on. So it could be that we don't actually see Phil Colson in the show that we... Uh, that he just kind of makes a, a behind the scenes a set visit basically yeah it's kind of it's a little bit of a bummer because when you sort of like when i read the headline i was so excited because you know we've gone on at length about the you know sometimes lack of interconnectedness between these things and you would sort of think like the tv side even though it's network and versus streaming you'd sort of hope maybe there's some interplay there and for a long time clark gray has been very you know, open about how huge of an Iron Fist fan he is um, and that, you know, he wants, he thinks that's the perfect opportunity for their characters to meet. You think with all the clout he has, the connection in the TV world, it just seems like the perfect recipe for, to find some reason, you know, for Coulson and Iron Fist to meet in the show somehow. But then the way Jeff Lowe puts it, it's like, yeah, it could be a behind the scenes thing. Maybe if he's lucky, you know, he'll be in a costume or something and and you know clark Gregg will appear in the show quote unquote but um again it just sort of seems like another opportunity where they're gonna skirt a, a you know a really cool meet up between these characters across uh you know platforms or franchises so i don't know you know fingers crossed that agent colson will interact with danny rand on screen but yeah, I was thinking even maybe if they, you know, they do some sort of flashback thing if they're going to do his origin that, you know, maybe Phil Coulson and Danny Rand's father were somehow involved with each other or, you know, knew sure, each other yeah. or something like that, you know, that they could sneak something in that way. Yeah, I mean, there's there's really a world of possibility and I and I just I think especially with Iron Fist, like I could, you know, I know some people say like oh, totally shield and like Daredevil are so different that it would be hard to cross over, but I just really don't think that that's that true. I think S.H.I.E.L.D. can get pretty dark. I mean, the end of the mid-season break was Coulson crushing someone's chest to death. So, I mean, that's that's pretty brutal as far as, you know, network TV goes. So, yeah. And Iron Fist is going to be a lot more fantastical in nature. So, it it just seems like they could easily, very easily, you know, interact and you know, not only do enough people know Coulson from both the show and all his movie appearances, but if you you can write it in a way that it's not confusing for people who, you know, haven't seen it. I mean, that's the whole point of this interconnected universe is it's, you know, it's not necessarily for the casual viewer. It's for like the diehard fans. So sure. as long as it doesn't like become a huge distraction for the, for the uh, casual viewer, then, you know, but, you know, Rosario Dawson shows up in an entire episode of Jessica Jones talking about all these different things. Maybe you haven't seen Daredevil, but. The writers had no problem making her like a central character in the season finale of the show. So, yeah, you know, it definitely seems possible. So we'll see. I guess I'm just repeating myself over and over here with this no, it's fine. <laughs> tirade of this, uh, you know, just hoping that they'll they'll just get a little more interconnected, especially the TV shows. I get the film TV thing, but it seems like between the TV shows, they could be a little tighter. But I guess we'll we'll see. Might be not be next year till we find that answer out. Uh, looks like the most wanted pilot is about ready to shoot. Yeah, Dan Buckley was saying that uh, they did a table read and they're about to shoot. So you know, sort of loose, but you know, seems like things are just kind of moving forward with that still. So I mean, I think it's safe to assume we'll probably see a pilot uh, and a few episodes probably air in the fall alongside Shield. Unless they absolutely hate it, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I, I just sort of have a hard time believing it would get that far and they'd hate it, you know? And especially given the Marvel engine behind it. And, you know, there's sort of proven star power with the, the leads. So kind of seems like a sure thing. Yeah, it's not an unknown quantity at this point. So Yeah, not at all. Especially if they keep calling it Marvel's Most Wanted. I mean, it's it's got the Marvel name right there. Yeah. It'll probably air... You know, I, I don't know if they would air it the same night. They would, 
I, I feel like they would probably do a because you sort of want that nine o'clock time slot because it lets them get a little more um, you know violent and dark. So if they did it at eight right before Shield, I don't know if that would mess with that at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, CW has had some success splitting up Flash and Arrow. So. Yeah, I think it. I think it's kind of you know obviously there's a logic to like oh putting together in like a block, but at the same time, then you sort of it makes them feel repetitive. Or I, I think the CW model is pretty good, where you know you've got one one night and one the next night, and they're both at the nine o'clock time slot, so the network lets them get away with a little more. Oh, they're both cause... they're the eight Eastern time slot. They're oh, seven, they are they're seven. Oh, yeah, they're okay. seven Central. Well, maybe CW just yeah. functions a little different because they can get pretty. Yeah. I, I guess they don't get too dark. I mean, Arrow can. Yeah, bit, Arrow's but... a little darker. It's funny because the Flash is kind of, is pretty light. I mean, at times it can get a little dark, but for the most part, light. Arrow's fairly dark, and then Legends of Tomorrow kind of is like, the I think, the balance between the two. It kind of... Yeah, it kind of jumps back and forth. Yeah, yeah. It's got some, some you know, violent violency things, but yeah, and I mean, all I don't know how much that sort of stuff matters. I just... I just remember when Shield moved from eight to nine, there was sort of talk that it would be a little less family focused. Yeah, because nine o'clock is seen as like the part of prime time where you can let loose a little more. <laughs> right, right. So, but so we shall see. Um, it looks like Dan Buckley also talked about Agent Carter, uh, and there's a quote here. It says. If we could do another season of Agent Carter, we would shoot it around the other series. Uh, we have not made a decision about that. We have done Agent Carter as a 10-episode season, so it's relatively easy to shoot around if we decide to do another season. That would be different if we were doing 22 or 24 episodes, but that was never the plan for Agent Carter. So yeah, it kind of, what we've talked about before, it kind of reinforces the, that. I, I definitely think so. I mean, and I, I should say that he... The, he was asked a question in regards to Haley Atwell's other show, so that's why that's what he was talking about when he said shooting around. Right, right. So, I mean, you know, again, they've clearly had this talk that, like, just because she's doing one doesn't mean she, could, she couldn't do the other. And, yeah, I, I don't know. Again, it's, it's, not, it's not like he's confirming or denying, but it just, you know, the fact that they haven't renewed it or canceled it means that they're still waiting on something, some sort of data or info so who knows i mean they might it might be something where we just don't find out about it for a while it could be that maybe they're even working out some deal with netflix to see if they could get the first two seasons on netflix or waiting for numbers like that to come in so i think they're probably still doing some behind the scenes you know you know figuring things out but he does reinforce a lot of what we've been talking about that it's really not that they're not operating at much of a loss with that show, even though it doesn't get super great ratings compared to a lot of other shows. It's also a lot cheaper than a lot of other shows. So it almost doesn't need the same ratings that a lot of other shows get. So as long as they're sort of happy enough with it and it sort of gives them that bridge during the gap between shield. So yeah, I, who knows? It, yeah, I've, I've got a little more of a positive feeling than I did, if, you know, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, so. I thought halfway through the season, actually about three episodes in, I thought we were uh, we were kind of toast on that. But so, yeah. So yeah. no no official news at this point is good news. Yeah, exactly. So I I do have one thing uh, that I want that I want to bring up. It's a little newsy, but since we're kind of on the Netflix TV front, um, it's it's a Facebook conversation that I had back and forth with uh, our listener from the UK, uh, Ross Chaplin. And he was talking about the defenders, and he was saying, "No, no, no. The you know the defenders will have to come, you know that because I I put the comment out there that hey I think this whole defenders thing may be on in you know I I could easily see them pushing that out indefinitely. Like definitely, I think we talked about that. Yeah, maybe yeah, that, last week or over the mini episode or something. Yeah, yeah, that you know if these shows keep coming in on our hits, you know I my thinking was originally it was they were going to do 80 episodes they had their contract they were in they were they were going to do it and they were out mm-hmm. um and i don't think they expected I mean, we talked about this before but we didn't expect that daredevil and jessica jones were to, would be the hits that they are and no, so far not at all yeah so far they're they're on fire i mean and, and season two of daredevil is already i mean ratings are already coming in yeah not ratings uh reviews are already coming in and again it's it's looking like it's gonna be another huge hit probably more than the first season yeah 
So Ross said, no, they're, he, he said they're contractually obligated to do the Defenders within a certain time frame. And I was like... I, I think I've heard that too. I had but... not heard that. Um, so I asked him, I was like, I hadn't heard that. Do you have a source for that? And so uh, he he found a snippet from, from a site somewhere from the Jessica Jones showrunner. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I'll I'll read the part of the quote. Uh, it said, uh, "There certainly is storytelling wise. Uh, the question becomes: Is there actual time? There are logistics involved because Defenders has to shoot by a certain time contractually." Yeah. But then he says, "Actually, I'm not sure. I'm not involved in all those conversations. Much to my dismay." So I don't know if he was referring to the question that was asked. I don't have the question that was, was asked that, of him for this. Was that Melissa Rosenberg? I, from I, Jessica Jones, or I don't know. I think it was. I think I remember that. I think. I mean, you know, you'd have to dig through the archives, but I'm pretty sure we. I, I remember that now. I think we covered that back when it was shortly after the show came out, and or no, no it was shortly after they got word that season two was going to happen. Because I remember that was a little point of discussion behind the scenes we were having that, um, and I kind of forgot about her saying that about the defenders, but it was the whole idea that. Jessica Jones season two would have to follow the defenders no matter what um, because of something. But again, that's so sort of vague and it, it it seems like maybe there is something like that, but again, who knows? I mean, who knows how those deals work and who knows if, who knows if it was that they had to shoot the defenders by a certain date or if they had to shoot five shows by a certain date, right? You know, which you could argue a second season of daredevil, once you do Luke Cage and Iron Fist fulfills that. So I, I don't know, you know, who knows how these sort of like weird deals work and who knows who that deal is even with. Is it with New York? Is it with Netflix? Is it, yeah. you know, I'm so, assuming, I'm assuming it's the tax deal they got from New York. Cause I think, at this I think point, it is too. Yeah, yeah. Netflix probably wouldn't care. I mean, they're not going to do anything to sour their deal with Marvel at this point. Right. 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 You know, Marvel could basically say, screw you. We're going to Amazon or Hulu sure. or oh. someplace else. Oh, of course. I mean, anyone would take them. And yeah. I, I don't think that's the case. I, and I think it is, I think it is the New York, you know, it's again, it's things I couldn't really quote, but I know in reading about it, I've seen those little things here and there, little comments about that, that that was sort of the whole plan is they were going to shoot these five shows in New York. Um, but again, if it's all about if it's all about Marvel and Netflix telling New York that, hey, we'll shoot five shows here within a certain amount of time if we get this tax break by shooting a second season of Daredevil. Does that count? Because that's a whole nother, you know, 13 episodes of a TV show, even more than the Defenders would have been that they're shooting in New York and, you know, giving people jobs in New York and all that. Yeah. So because the original it's, deal was it's hard to was... say. They they kept framing it not in terms of how many shows, but in terms of episodes. And wasn't it? It was well, f- five seasons of thirteen episodes would be would would be um, uh, eighty five episodes. But I think it was it wasn't eighty episodes that they that I'm not positive about. I can't remember what the deal was, but I think I I because, always heard it in terms the of Defenders episodes. was supposed to be like eight or ten episodes. Right, also it was heard, definitely it was shorter. Be even shorter. Yeah. So so you would think that it would be whatever those would be, which would be what 40 52 that would only be like 60 because the the four shows right, at 13 right. 52, would be yeah 52. it was i think it was 60 yeah not eight okay 60. so then eight episodes of so then again once they finish iron fist they've already wrapped luke cage so that's they already shot that you know right so all they have to do is shoot iron fist which we know is going to start this year you know like it's a safe bet that they'll probably even finish shooting iron fist by the end of the year yeah so that's from the point they started Daredevil to the point they end Iron Fist. They've shot, you know, 65 episodes of TV within two years. So, I, yeah, again, if if that was the number, then it seems like they exceeded it. So, again, without knowing that, it's hard to tell. But it's I wouldn't be surprised if whatever the original deal was is sort of changed. And they are looking at it different. And I th- I think they're going to hit their quota regardless. And... I think it's like we're saying that they're not just going to make the defenders happen just to make it happen. It's going to happen organically. And I'd argue that none of these shows are, none of these characters are ready to like join up in a team. And, you know, I think maybe this season of daredevil will be showing him do that a little bit. Um, and who knows about iron fist and Luke cage. Cause we haven't seen that yet, but certainly the Jessica Jones that we saw at the end of this season is in no way ready to, yeah, 
join up in a mini Avengers style team. <laughs> so right. I just couldn't even fathom that happening. So without seeing another season or at least her appearing in Luke Cage, which it doesn't seem like that's happened at all. I just can't imagine her shifting to that point where she does that. And especially because you got to think about this. There was a lot of fallout between Luke and Jessica in the show that was left unresolved. Right. It looks pretty certain that we're not going to get any resolution to that in Luke Cage. So the idea that they would, the next time we see them meet is them teaming up for the defenders and they have to deal with all that baggage somehow. I, I maybe, I mean, maybe that's part of the tension of the show, but they've got eight episodes to join up, meet each other, take down a bad guy. That's not a lot of TV to deal with uh, all the complicated stuff between Jessica and Luke yeah, that went sure. down. So, yeah, I just it just seems like from a creative standpoint, it seems unlikely. And and I think Marvel's smart enough to like not mess with their creative formula just to like rush to some team up thing. Yeah, I agree. So totally agree. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I think I think we talked about this at the end of the Jessica Jones wrap up we did a few episodes ago, but you know the same thing. So it's. Yeah, I I think they've got a very different set of shows on their hands than they initially planned on having. And the Defenders thing was probably almost like, I don't want to just say a marketing ploy, but maybe a little bit of one to sort of sell the idea of these characters. And I definitely think they're still going to do that, but I don't think it's like, I don't think that's as big of a priority as continuing to make like seasons of these hit shows right right that already exists so they don't need the defenders to make these shows a hit right so right but yeah who knows <laughs> yeah so cool so it was a you know thank you ross it was a it was a i always yeah, like these kind of point yeah i always like these conversations where it's not just like you know an, an absolute and we can just kind of hammer these things back and forth so yeah yeah um, i mean it's interesting to talk about and speculate about yeah. for sure so so if anybody out there has an opportunity to ask Jeff Loeb a question or if he does like a Reddit yeah. AMA or something like that, uh, uh, you know, ask him about the, the filming of the Defenders and, and how that goes. Yeah, and the exact deal and all that. Maybe yeah. we can get him to sneakily like answer the question for us Yeah, yeah. if we word it the right way. Uh, so that's all I had on that front. So yeah. uh, that's kind of our news and news and discussion, I guess I should I should say. Uh, so I guess we'll hop into the Inside Man. Yeah, season three, episode twelve, uh, and uh, there was a lot going on this episode. Uh, we're starting to kind of get into, I guess, the geopolitics of the fact that there are Inhumans around, and yeah, I thought it was interesting that they're pushing the whole alien angle. They're not, you know, they're they're referring to these people as aliens, which I find kind of strange, but. Yeah, it is a little, it is a little bizarre because you know when you think about it, you think it's more going to be the sort of mutant discussion, but maybe they're just trying to frame it so that it sounds very different from the mutant discussions we've heard, and it's less about them being sort of like genetic anomalies and more about them being aliens. And you know, it, it makes sense in a way because the whole sort of world was awakened to everything that's been going on by an alien invasion. Um, in Avengers. So, you know, maybe alien to them is just this big trigger word that anytime anything slightly alien pops up, they're just like, Oh, these are aliens. We're being yeah. attacked by aliens. So I guess it kind of makes sense that that's the, I hadn't really thought about that, but it makes sense that in, you know, the panicky world government's mind, all they, all they heard was alien, you know, <laughs> when they're like, well, it's, it's a descendant of aliens and, but they're still human. Oh, I heard alien. These yeah. are aliens we got to stop these aliens. <laughs> yeah. So I, I yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about it in those terms because I did think it was weird as well, but I guess it's, you know, they're so jumpy from the Chitari, then that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting. So the, the episode opens and it's like a flashback to Coulson killing Ward. And it was, a, there was a really cool perspective shot with the, with the, with the hive coming into ward like where we mm -hmm. see the worm thing yeah go right over. <laughs> yeah it was pretty cool uh and then we cut back and they're they're bringing in uh the gorgon guy in i thought it was odd that like gaiera didn't when he said open let me see his eyes like didn't anybody give them a memo like the guy comes yeah. in and his eyes are literally 
Well, well, and it's like they knew what his power was, yeah. but it's sort of like like I knew what was going to happen. Like they wanted to show like he still got his power, but it doesn't work on Ward. Um, but it it was like you know make him like turn away and make him take one yeah. of the guards out or something. Like we get it. But like, Yara yeah, looks surprised when it happened. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, why is it he felt surprised? like it was just sort of a sl- sloppy like directing moment there because they wanted it to be a big payoff. Like he knocks all them out, but. <gasps> He can't knock out Ward when you know we would have we would have got it you know yeah would have they could have all like run away or yeah. he could have got one of the guards and you know something like that or they could have or he could have just said uh, you take off the bandages and like left and he took them off and it like didn't right. work but yeah it, it was a little weird <laughs> and then but it was, was cool to see it not work and then yeah and then we get this weird he has this weird power. Where he yeah he kind of dissolves, and I'm not sure what the scoop was with that because we see how it works later. I think uh, a little bit more, yeah. But well, but there's sort of like two levels to it because we see he can sort of use it to like consume and reappropriate human flesh, apparently. Right. Um, but then with the Inhumans, I mean, we talked a couple episodes, like you know, the last one we did, Shield. I was thinking maybe he was using it to like uh mind control like the other inhumans and they would all be a part of his hive but and he he sort of says we at a few times and and he does something to both of the inhumans gaiera and um lucio i think was his name yeah i'm not uh, the gorgon guy yeah um he does something to both of them where he you know does the same thing almost that he does to the humans but they don't seem to be mind controlled because later when he's doing his thing to the humans, they're both outside, like looking pretty disgusted. You know, they don't look like mindless, you know, zombies right. being controlled by him or anything. So I'm, I'm not quite sure what, and, and his whole thing at the end of last episode was he was going to convince Gaiera of his plan. And that's, you know, then he stuck out his hand and the, you know, the stuff came out, but Gaiera doesn't seem on board at all. Right. The entire episode he seems pretty like horrified and disgusted so i don't i don't know exactly what he you know did and then and also lucio later says you know they're innocents like they both seem like revolted by what's going on so i don't know what it is he did to them that's supposed to convince them because they don't seem convinced at all right right so i'm i'm, I'm definitely confused on that <laughs> but uh, hopefully they'll explain that better but i was kind of hoping that he would sort of maybe like you know, like a hive, like hive mentality, like control them or something. But I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. So that was our cold open. Uh, and then the the episode itself is really about the, the gist of it is Coulson and Talbot. Now that Talbot has been put in charge of the AT, AT, ATCU uh, and Coulson kind of there, them going to this conference, this world conference to talk about how they're going to deal with inhumans. Uh, and and kind of the fallout from that and you know we find that at the beginning of the episode we don't really know what's going on but Talbot and his wife are kind of on the outs uh he's trying to get her somewhere safe and you know, so obviously they've or not even safe but obviously they're splitting up and she's leaving him at least right. temporarily right and we think it's just because he's taken this job right I mean, we learn later that it's more than that, of course. Yeah, definitely more than that. Which is good, because at the time I was like, well, that's kind of weird. She seems awfully upset. Like, this is just what he does, right? This is like yeah. what he does for a living. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was a... But, and, you know, anything that sets up the dynamic between Coulson and Talbot, which yeah. is, it's always wonderful seeing them together. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we get that cool scene in the basement, you know, when they're going to the car and Creel shows up and then they kind of have this fight with. Uh, uh, yeah, Lincoln's Lin- there. Lincoln and, and May. And it was kind of cool. Like he turned to rubber. You know, he realized Lincoln's power was electricity. So yeah. he grabbed the car tire so that he he couldn't be electrocuted. Uh, the only thing I thought was odd was May picks up a tire iron and sweeps it across the back of his head and it turned him metal. And I was yeah, like, I. I kind of took that as like almost like a defense mechanism thing oh, maybe. That she, because, she, you know, she sort of hit him in this tender spot, the back of his head that like his body almost kicked in and like absorbed it to protect himself or something. Yeah, I couldn't um, t- I couldn't tell if she was like hitting him with it. It almost looked like she 
she it looked like she kind of scraped. Yeah, with almost it. like she kind of grazed him with it. So it was just kind of it seemed kind of weird. Right, and they never really explained like, oh, this is how you can you know it, it's she somehow forced him to change, but it, it's not really clear how she knew she could do that yeah. or how she did that. I mean, I I sort of just suspended my disbelief and was like, oh, okay, she somehow forced a change to happen but we're we're not given any sort of uh you know it would have been a nice moment if he said like how'd you do that or i don't know something you know <laughs> some sort of or good thinking may she's like yeah i figured you could but you know nothing nothing like that because we get the instead we get the reveal of uh that he's working for talbot right right and Lincoln kind of loses control a little bit. He zaps him, and then he kind of starts amping does, it up a bit. He does, which is not the first time that he's done that. Yeah, yeah. he did the exact same thing to Lash. So right. he, they sort of touch on it uh, later in the episode, thankfully, because you know, there's a couple moments throughout the episode where he's clearly like kind of startled by his abilities. So I'm glad they you know, jumping ahead. But yeah. you know, they do touch on uh, why he sort of uh, got these anger issues when it comes to his powers. Yeah. Um, and then the fact that may is trying to take him out in the field, you know, the whole purpose behind this was to kind of bring him up to Daisy level status where he's right. Not, Cause he's still not an agent, you know, right. just cause he's got cool inhuman powers. I mean, he was a doctor, you know, he now all of a sudden he's a secret agent. So it's like, he needs a, he needs a little bit of training understandably. And, and I mean, that's pretty obvious considering he almost kills uh Creel. I do. I do like that we got more May this episode. I, I that was something that I was felt like I was missing. So yeah, I, I think both of these episodes have done a really good job of keeping the story streamlined. I mean, both of them basically were a Shield story and a Hydra story, and they intersect a little bit, um, which I appreciate because there's so many things going on. I I like that everybody's sort of on the same page. You know, the good guys and bad guys both have a trajectory and they're overlapping. Um, and you know, last episode we didn't get a lot of May. This episode we didn't get any Mac. I don't think. I don't think he. I don't remember even seeing. Yeah, him. me either. Which you know, again, is fine. I mean, you can't have everybody out on every mission, and you know, until uh, Bobby and Hunter leave, we've you know got a pretty stacked you know cast. So I like yeah, it was that good Hunter, to see May in action. And yeah, doing I, her thing. I like that Hunter called Lincoln and Daisy uh, shaking shaking bake. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great. That's a that's a t-shirt ready idea right there. It <laughs> was great. So that was pretty cool. Um, oh, they also make a point of with with um, with Hive Ward. You know, however you want to however you say it. Two things. One, that bruise. I I didn't notice it as much before, but that bruise of of Coulson's hand is like very mm-hmm. prominent on his chest. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I actually uh, think that's one of the. I got to say, I mean, I'm a little disappointed at the end because um, I actually thought that was a really cool element and definitely added to the sort of like creepiness and monstrousness of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, oh, well, got a shiny new ward by the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they they kind of, you know, while the group is on, on scene at this conference um, – Fitz and Simmons and and Lincoln are kind of realizing that they're analyzing Creel's blood just to just to kind of see because he was able to touch the obelisk and he didn't die right and he's not an inhuman but he has right. powers and so it, this is this this is where it kind of felt very X Men ish especially like the Whedon astonishing X Men you know with the whole mutant right. cure right and you know they they make this whole point of saying well we think Creel's blood can actually act as like a vaccine it. it you can't reverse anybody that has powers, but it could prevent people from from getting them. Like if you're an inhuman, and you don't want to roll the dice, then you could take this right. this vaccine. Or anybody, and, anybody who doesn't want to find out. If right, inhuman, right. You could just everybody could mass vaccinate just to be safe. Right. You know. You know. And then it it kind of puts off the you know Daisy and and Lincoln against each other because Lincoln's firmly in the you know maybe this isn't for everybody maybe. You know, we all, all these people shouldn't have powers. Maybe you don't want yeah. them, you know. Which is, you know, sort of, that's how he was raised, you know. Yeah. That it's a selective right. thing. And, um, and he kind of puts it on Daisy as like, you've kind of got this natural calmness and oneness with your powers. And not everybody's like that. And I mean, obviously we saw um, 
last season, uh, you know, what's her face become uh, spiky and uh, Raina, 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 you know, she, right. she had a very negative, you know, physical reaction. Well, and even Joey before shield shows right. up, right. You know, is causing a lot of damage. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, Lincoln Lash. is still, well, at yeah, Lash. Um, right. There's somebody who kind of already hated in humans becoming one. Right. Um, and then even Lincoln has sort of a, as even somebody who wants to, have the abilities is having trouble controlling his apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of sets off a little bit of conflict between those two that later gets resolved and they, they kind of, you know, Lincoln kind of explains where he's coming from and, and you know, that when he was, when, when they were, um, when they were on, uh, afterlife, afterlife that, you know, everything was calm, everything was tranquil, you know, it was, it was different. And, and, you know, the world is, he's kind of thrown into this world of chaos and it's, it's not quite as cut and dry. Yeah. It seems like whenever intense emotions pop up, he can't handle his powers. Yeah. Yeah. Hence him going overboard, um, you know, with Creel and with Lash and, you know, whenever he gets kind of angry, it looks like he sort of like sparks up a bit. So, um, yeah, which, I mean, again, it, it just shows that just because he's got these, like, cool powers and he sort of knows a little bit about the Inhuman Society, like, he he's in a totally different world now and he's not ready or trained for that at all. Yeah. And we got that great sequence of the two of them training together and it's it's just so cool to see Daisy having come so far that you don't question her just, like, you know, kicking so much ass. Right, and, right. you know, just some awesome moves where Lincoln, like, sort of flips her over but she still finds her footing and like I, I it was a really great choreographed scene yeah and it was just really awesome seeing her like take him down and and just be the uh again i'm you know and may has a really awesome moment later it's i'm always just amazed that this is like a superhero action show and the three best like fighters on the show are all women yeah yeah like and it's just never questioned i mean there are no guy you know every guy can kind of hold his own a little bit but the only ones who are actually like skilled and like, you know, hand to hand combat and like busting out the awesome moves. And it's, it's, you know, Daisy may and Bobby every time. So, yeah. and we've kind of, we kind of seen that, I guess, even back with Iron Man too, you know, widow has always kind of been that character, you know, the rest of, right. Them, you but know, Steve, Steve is very formidable and, you know, Tony's formidable in the suit, but they always, you know, show her as, as being, you know, sure. the badass. So I, I, sure, sure. I think it's just a little more, it's even more obvious in this show because, oh, it's absolutely. Like, you know, there's not only is it three of them, but you know, they're all secret agents, you know, many of them don't have powers. Like they could all be, I mean, I guess Ward was the, like, was also like a, you know, really trained combatant, uh, you know, in the early days, but right, right. it's still just, uh, really refreshing that, you know, all the female characters are, just like you know three of them are super badass and you know the third one is you know like a science genius and it's just uh, another thing that i feel like shield you know doesn't get a lot of credit for in like dmcu and just it's it's really leading the charge in terms of you know diversity and and things like that so yeah i agree totally it's just cool seeing them whoops butt yeah so while all that's going on, we kind of get our group at this conference, and it, this this part kind of plays out like a like a Mission Impossible episode, you know, where <laughs> yeah. they're stealing fingerprints and recreating them as like little glove to put over the hand, and you know they're s- disguised as bellmen and you know uh, maids and things like that to kind yeah, of sneak in. Good old these. fashioned spy stuff. Yeah, yeah. So from was, our spy agency. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I always appreciate when it kind of gets back to its roots in that sense and that it Me acts, too, acts like that kind of show. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but <clears throat> I did and I, I rolled it back and paused it. But when they're kind of going through all the stuff and then uh, Bobby uh, opens up the safe and goes in there oh, and sees yep. the documents, <laughs> um, one of the, the, the – there's a there's a document with a person's name and it's Eden yeah. Fossey. Yeah, and, my, my wife I think was wondering why I gasped audibly and she pulled out a piece of paper with some words on it um but yeah and then of course i think it's confirmed by the fact that he's being held by the australian delegate yes yes. 
which uh, I did think was sort of interesting. I was like, oh, this whole world, you know, there's these world leaders. I was like, why is one of them Australian out of all the, the people, you know, you know, there's no one from France or, you know, Italy, India, Italy, anything like that. And so I thought that was a little odd. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes perfect sense. You got to set up the uh, Australian secret warrior. Yeah, so we talked about that before as well, and this was a character I was curious if they would be able to do because it it kind of has, in a roundabout way, it has ties to the X Men, but yeah, he is a mutant. Yeah, he in the in the but, comics he's a mutant, and he's the I guess the grandson of a character called Gateway. I yeah, he's a grandson, great grandson. Yes, I believe so. He is a descendant of Gateway, um, who is a mutant that for a while in the late 80s, the X-Men had gone to the Australian outback and lived there for quite some time. And Gateway was their way to kind of teleport. The world had thought the X-Men were dead. So Gateway would teleport them with his like didgeridoo thing. He'd spin it around and, and teleport them where they needed to go. And he never spoke. And uh, so Eden Fossey is like, like I said, his, his grandson, uh, yeah, which, you know, I'm guessing here's another character from the Jonathan Hickman Secret Warriors yep. run um, who would later graduate to be an Avenger Yeah, um, in Hickman's Avenger run. Showed up in um, this Fantastic Four run for a little bit, too. Yeah, so, I mean, um, as far as I know, I think, I don't, was he, I think he might have been made up for the Secret Warriors yeah, what was, was he around for? Yeah, that was the first time he'd shown. Okay, up. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think, and I think that's the thing with all those Secret Wars, except Daisy. Um, or maybe not, but you know, I mean, Yo-Yo was too. Um, so I'm guessing he maybe just predates that whole deal, or not predates, but comes after that whole deal they made, and that's why, even though he's a mutant, they of course can't call him a mutant, right? And it'll be an inhuman, but that's why he's he's not owned by Fox, right? Um. But and that's really exciting because I I made like a YouTube video like a year ago about when the whole Secret Warriors thing was sort of seeming like a possibility. And I was like saying that, you know, the most likely candidates from the comic to show up would be Yo-Yo and Manifold, who is the you know code name of Eden. Right. Um, and maybe we'd see Stonewall just because he's the son of um, Creel. So I, I really loved this episode because, you know, we almost kind of get Creel. You know, he's kind of a good guy. He's kind of with the team. So he sort of replaces his son. Right. Um, and then, you know, apparently it looks like by the end of the episode they get Eden in custody. We don't meet him. but Yeah, they make a point of saying, you know, Ellen King, the, the person that Ellen King, who was this, the Australian delegate, was holding we've secured him or something like that. So they make a point yeah. of saying like he's not in the he's not in the green goo anymore. <laughs> like like we've got him. Right. Which I think is just a matter of them just waiting for an episode to actually like properly introduce him. Yeah. Um instead of just like showing the actor and and all that. So yeah, really exciting. I mean, uh adding teleporting to the MCU, that's something we don't have. And now, I mean, we've got a pretty formidable team. We've got lightning powers, earthquake powers, um melting metal yeah me metal melting slash maybe magneto type of powers plus a speedster and a teleporter i mean that's a i mean it's again it's kind of crazy but that's a team that could easily rival the avengers in terms of power sets yeah yeah um so that's pretty exciting that that um that he'll be showing up at some point in the near future and um you know in the comics he's like an aboriginal character too right yeah yeah absolutely. so uh, you know along with um you know, Yo-Yo being from Colombia, it again sort of expands this, um, you know, global perspective the show's bringing in, which is which is cool, uh, especially with them sort of being like called in, yeah, um, yeah, from where they are. So again, it that's is sort of like what Hickman was doing with Avengers World, um, yeah, the comic he did, where Tony and Cap set up sort of a modular Avengers team. They can be like call, different people can be called in, and Manifold was one of those. So. Um, again, it seems like they're just kind of folding that into the, the secret warriors thing that they'll have these assets, you know, all over the world that they can just sort of call in when they need a particular skill set or when they're in a particular part of the world or something. So it's pretty cool. So of course they, what ends up happening is the, the Russians propose like a sanctuary city for inhumans where they yeah, basically can all, can all congregate and <laughs> the Russians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So of course, you know, Colson and Talbot at that time were kind of suspicious. And then we find out that Talbot the whole time is, has been waiting to double cross Colson. 
And at yeah, first, didn't see that coming. He, I didn't see it. Co- well, I thought it was just. I thought, okay, there. He's got something up his sleeve. Like he's right. He's. Colson isn't in on it, but he's kind of figuring it out. Or Colson is yeah, in on it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I thought for a minute too. Yeah, like, uh, this is part of the plan somehow. Yeah, but then right right before the commercial break, you know, we get that Talbot he has that really nasty look on his face, and um, you know, says take him into custody or whatever. And of course, then we find out that you know Malik comes in. You know, he, yeah. he he announces Colson as the head of Hydra, not the Hyda, head of Shield. So he he's, yeah. He's he, trying to pin all this stuff on yeah. Coulson, which, you know, g- given how everybody's so confused about S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hydra anyway, isn't, uh, it's not a hard leap for people to make. You know, the, the idea that, you know, because so many people are like, when Hydra was revealed to be within S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, most people couldn't see the difference between the two. So Right. And the very easy that, to be like, oh, he's the head of Hydra. You know, why not? He works for S.H.I.E.L.D. He could be Hydra. And you bring in Malik, who's, you know, famous industrialist, businessman, formerly right. of the World Council. Yeah, on the World Council. I mean, that's got to be a – we don't have one of those in real life. But, like, you know, that'd kind of be like a United Nations guy almost right, yeah. coming in. So. Yeah. so, again, he has the clout, so they kind of get one over. And we find out the the reason is is because Malik has taken – Talbot's son and is using that as leverage. So right, which is why his wife left in the beginning, and because right. she knew about it. And, um, yeah, which is good because for a second, when Hunter found him right after we saw the Eden uh, Feisty name, I was for a second, I was like, oh no, they made him a white kid. <laughs> like that, I thought that was manifold. So, <laughs> so I did I too. Like, damn I, it, I did too. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of a weird because you know we see it right after that. Yeah, um, I was like, I was like, man, that doesn't look like. I was like that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I had the same feeling you did. I was like, yeah, that's not the way I would go with that. But yeah, okay. I was like, oof, that's not that's not going to be good. Yeah, it, it so, definitely wasn't clear. Okay, they're not they're not doing that. Thank God. Yeah, but yeah, it was a little confusing just showing that right after. But yeah, that's uh, it's you know creepy though seeing a little kid in one of those you know goo chambers. Yeah, you man, it's too bad that they already cast him. But you know who would make a good manifold? Eka Darville. I could Darvo would make a badass. Yeah. He would. That would be great. Uh, yeah, I mean, that would be awesome. He's he's. I mean, he can do anything yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, I've got to say, I don't. You know, normally I know all this behind the scenes stuff. I know Yo-Yo's coming up from, you know, months to come and all that. But considering I, you know, sort of do this all the time, like following this stuff, I didn't. I was genuinely surprised that Manifold was coming up. I haven't actually heard anything about them casting him. And maybe he's either in the maybe he's in the in the pocket for most wanted, maybe he's going to show up in season 4, you know, maybe right. they're just kind of playing fast so and I'm, loose with him. I think it was a smart move because it gives you the surprise. You know, it's a surprise thing that like nobody knew about because whenever they cast somebody it's pretty hard to keep that quiet. Yeah. Like we're going to know about it. So by giving us the reveal before I would assume he's been cast um, or they it's, have at least kept it quiet. It's great because we get the surprise and the reveal and then, you know, eventually we'll be cast and, you know, everybody will know about it before the episode even airs. But yeah. And Bobby so, did find him, so. Yeah, so who knows? I mean, that, that would definitely be cool. I mean, it sort of makes sense uh, that they would, if they have this modular team, that they would, you know, the most wanted group would sort of tap, you know, one or two of them to help. So, um, yeah. I, I think that I definitely think we could. We'll, I definitely think we'll see some characters from Shield showing up on Most Wanted, and it seems like an Inhuman or two would would make sense. Yeah. So in the end, they you know kind of all is well and all is right. May's able to subdue the guys that had Talbot's Talbot son. son. Yeah. Creel saves Hunter's life. Uh, you know where he's right about to get shot. Um, they kind of have this cool moment too, where it's like, oh, well, this is great, but now we don't have any weapons, and Hunter. Yeah. Hunter's like, well, maybe not, and he pulls out. Yeah. He's got like. He's got uh, Bobby's batons and he's got the guns for May and and uh, Bobby says, oh, he, she says that you know I knew I loved you or something like that and May yeah. goes, I don't. What did she say? I don't. She I don't says, like you quite that much. I don't much. hate you as much. Oh, I don't I hate did. you as much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Of course, Hunter would break the rules and sneak those in. And, sure, sure. Yeah, it just great. The three of them are. I mean, we've seen them sort of team up before. They're always they're always great together. So yeah. I you know I really hope that uh. If most wanted becomes a regular thing that may at least pops up for an episode. Yeah. Yeah. Helps them with the mission. So they kind of get everything. That's when they kind of get everything straight. And, and Talbot, 
you know, basically Talbot's okay. You know, they're okay with him after this. It's like, okay, we, right. You know, we, Colson understands like, yes, I understand why you did what you did. You had no choice. So, yeah, it, it's, I mean, it, as much as their contentious relationship is fun and I, it'll continue. I'm glad that it wasn't, you know, when they first interacted, like, you know, Talbot was pretty, uh, you know, pissy. Yeah. And how they were talking. But, um, like you'll never be my boss and it's like well technically he is your boss yeah. but you know granted he was also dealing with the fact that his son was currently being kidnapped and so yeah it's it's nice to know that moving forward they'll still sort of snipe back and forth but at least they sort of mutually respect each other a bit more so yeah yeah that's good so yeah so that's kind of and we kind of leave it in the stinger which is cool because at one point colson looks to may or to hunter and bobby and says don't let don't lose him you know, basically stick stick on Malik. Yeah. And so they take off. And so the stinger at the end is there is Malik and Petrov uh, are on the plane together leaving. Yeah, and, making a deal. Yeah, Ma- Malik is really trying to push this deal with Petrov about uh, the sanctuary city, which I, I think it's – I thought it was funny. Maybe this is a total coincidence that the Russian dude's name is Petrov, which – Right. I, I don't know if you watch House of Cards. Oh, no, I don't. Sorry. The, the president. Something else. Yeah, the president of Russia on House of Cards is named Petrov. So it's just kind of oh, okay. It's kind of funny. Um, well, yeah. Well, interesting. I think maybe that's just like a go-to Russian yeah, name. Yeah, because I mean, obviously he's not the president of Russia, but it was just kind of right. funny that they, they picked both those names. Um, so, of course, while that's going on, uh, Coulson's checking in on Hunter and Bobby, and they're like in the belly. He says, we're in the belly yeah. of the beast. They're like in the cargo hold yeah, they're of the cargo plane. Hold they're the on. plane. So, which again, it, it like clearly they're not setting up most wanted here because we still got you know ten episodes left of Shield to go that we have to check back in with Bobby and Hunter. But maybe they're just going to be off on this mission the whole time. Well, it's kind of interesting. So I guess a little spoiler for they showed a little preview in next week's episode. So if you're sensitive to that stuff, you might want to flip ahead a couple few minutes. But so. They kind of make it seem like Hunter and Bobby are like behind enemy lines. I've heard some stuff online that thinks that maybe this is the setup because there's like an assassination plot that goes sideways or something. But as part of that preview, because the other half of the preview is not just Bobby and Hunter being you know behind enemy lines, but there's this conceivably an inhuman that's able to like morph through walls and almost act like a chameleon is going after them in their base. And at one point, we see May and Hunter, like, standing next to each other while all this is going on. So maybe that's, like, the chameleon character, though. But then, yeah, that doesn't make sense, because then if they knew Hunter was gone. Yeah, I... So it almost seemed like they're back in the fold after whatever's going on. Like I I think they will be. I think it's just kind of a coincidence. Like, I think we, we know in our heads that they're going off somewhere together, but they've gone off together on missions tons of times before. yeah. I think it's just now we have that in our heads. Like I read something with the producers earlier today and they were saying, you know, we eventually would love Bobby and Hunter to have like their own show, like, you know, continuing show. But while we have them, we're going to use them. Right. Right. So it's just, yeah. I mean, we're at episode 12 out of, I would assume 22, 23. They're not just going to all of a sudden have them disappear for the rest of the season. Plus if they're following Malik, they're going to shield's going to come to, you know, fight Malik at some point eventually. So then, you know, obviously like Bobby and Hunter aren't just going to be like off in Russia somewhere, you know, while everything else is going down. So yeah, I think it's just sort of like my brain thought that at first, but I think it's just, you know, this knowledge we have in the back of our heads. So it's like, Ooh, is this going to be where they go off? But I, I just think it's way too early. I think, I think we'll see the seeds for that be planted in the finale or maybe even the pilot of Most Wanted, you know? Yeah. Who I, knows? I'm still not convinced that it isn't related to Civil War and that somehow I think so too. the reason they're on the outs is because of what happens in Civil War. So It makes sense, especially given that leaked description we, we heard, if we yeah. can assume that's true. Um, which makes sense because, you know, they're shooting the pilot, when they shoot the pilot, they then try to sell to advertisers. It makes sense that ahead of that, they would have like a, a log line for the show to yeah. also present to advertisers. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? But it, there's going to be some sort of fallout from Civil War. And that kind of seems like it. All the pieces seem like they kind of fit at this point that 
that it's going to somehow follow what happens with Civil War. So yeah. Um, so I, right before the stinger, though, we didn't. We kind of alluded to it earlier, but right. Know, the one piece that that happened earlier in the episode is um, there's these people that are brought in for war because the thinking is Malik is trying to get him to leave Ward's body because it's broken, uh, right? And that he should find a host that is more capable and. Mm-hmm. You know, he makes a point of saying, well, he can't inhabit another inhuman. They don't, he said they don't, you know, feast on their own. Um, so they, he brings, they, these potentials are brought in, uh, and then we find out that Ward has basically consumed them, uh, yeah. for lack of a better term. And this is a very Terminator, like, oh, yeah. I got a very, like, <laughs> oh, Schwarzenegger, definitely. you know, because it's, you know, there's a big pile of goo, and there's these bodies, and it's it's the, you know, Ward is completely naked, and, you know, it looks like he did, like, a thousand push-ups before they, they, they started shooting, and yeah, it's like this, this, you know, they use the camera angle to kind of, you know, where he's obscuring his, you know, his his parts, and, you know, they kind of come up on him, and, and he's, he's basically healed, which... Yeah. I know you were kind of hoping that he would kind of carry that. I, I, it would have been cool if he at least carried the handprint, but yeah, I, I think the whole zombie zombie look of Ward is a little. I think it would have been a little distracting after a while, and for his former teammates to come across him at some point, which is obviously is going to happen, and for him to be pretty much whole is is going to be a really cool moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it definitely still works. I think my only thinking was him looking zombified helped my brain think of him as hive and not as ward sure yeah so now that he just sort of looks exactly the same um it's also sort of a pet peeve i've mentioned uh you know like last year in the podcast that now that we've got rid of gordon and reyna all of these characters look like regular attractive people despite the fact that a bunch of them are aliens so again it was a moment for them to have someone who didn't just look like you know, just another regular Joe, you know, Um, because we keep meeting tons and tons of Inhumans. And I guess the one the one thing we've got is that, uh, you know, Medusa guy has glasses sort of fused to his face. That's it. (laughs) Everybody else looks completely normal. Um, So it was just like a fun moment of this is, you know, he's supposed to be like the ultimate bad guy. Um, so having him sort of stand out instead of look like just kind of like a young white guy just to me made him a little more like sinister and horrifying. And it would also sort of be a little more grotesque when the team encountered him that he's like this, he's got the handprint and especially cause not everybody knows about that, about Colson like crushing his chest. So it sort of adds this like layer of like disgust and menace and alienness to him and all that. So, but you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna, it's not gonna like ruin it for me or anything. Um, but yeah, again, just a problem I've had with the show kind of being afraid to have like weird, weird looking character. I mean, we've got Lash, I guess that's the one, one we've got that, you know, looks like he was mutated, but oh well. Agreed. So that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah. Like I said, uh, it was a, I mean, I, I think both of these episodes have been really, really solid. I think they've been handling all the, the character juggling really well and keeping the story streamlined and interesting and keeping some of the spy stuff active while still having the super powered stuff. Um, I, I've, I've really been, uh, loving it since it's come back really strong, uh, back half of the season so far. I agree. So next week's episode is called parting shot, which I think it kind of also fed into that whole Bobby and Hunter right, leaving. Right. Sure. <laughs> so there's a lot going on with this that are kind of uh, leading people that way. But I, I agree. I don't think that's what's going on. Um, yeah. And the episode after that is, is named Watchdogs, which. Oh, yeah. That's another thing that I think. Yeah. I they want to touch on. Yeah. They brought up the Lincoln brought up the or they brought up the, con, you know, one of the things that Lincoln, Daisy does. Yeah. yeah she she said. Lincoln says, you know, basically he wasn't allowed to be th- that she was just a hacker. Like she lived her life being a hacker, you know, while he was in medical school. And mm-hmm. um, so they bring up the concept of the watchdogs, which are, you know, your kind of typical hate group. Uh, you know, I guess they're anti inhumans, I, I guess you'd call. Yeah, them. she was saying that they're, you know, you sound like I think she said you sound like one of those um, people on those message boards, you know, the yeah. watchdogs about not wanting there to be inhumans. And right. Um, you know, that's another comics, 
you know, group of comic book characters um, who are, I, you know, I've seen them pop up. I don't know a ton about them, but I've just seen them pop up here and there, I think, in like Captain America stories some. Um, and they're kind of like uh, just these sort of super like neo-Nazi-esque people who I think hate maybe mutants or superpowers or something like that um, and sort of think that they are like really patriotic in what they do. Um, so I don't know a ton about them, but it, you know, it looks like, again, they're just kind of using them as the basis for this, you know, group of almost like the real life kind of like red pill people, but making them be against, you know, inhumans. So, yeah. And this was back like in the, uh, kind of in the Captain America era where he was actually us agent when he kind of gave up being cap and, um, you know, the kind of the Grunwald, era i guess he first they first showed up they're created by mark grunwald and tom morgan so captain america 335 from november okay. of 87 so yeah it was definitely grunwald i guess he wasn't uh he wasn't u.s yeah. agent at that point he was fully capped but yeah um, and they've popped up a little more recently i've definitely seen them in some recent cap stuff not not super recent but you know within the past like you know four years or something so yeah um and I remember when she said that, I was like, I think there's an episode coming up called Watch Dogs. So, yeah, wonderful me yeah. to meet them in some capacity. Looks that way. Which, again, is good. I mean, it's like the world response to them and, and that. It just adds a little more tension and kind of brings in the the sort of X-Men elements more. That, like, you know, there's ramifications to this whole inhuman thing, which yeah. is going to be really fun to see play out in the show. And again is just you know without harping on it again it's just one of those moments that i don't know how the movies are not going to reference that yeah so you know you got hate groups and aliens running around and you know world leaders talking about it and colson's just walking around in plain sight meeting with world leaders and (laughs) yeah yeah and yet nobody knows he's alive still yeah cap and tony tony will turn on the news every once in a while so who knows but um I mean, regardless of whether it connects, it's it's definitely exciting that the show is sort of like off its leash and, and sort of like telling these really cool, you know, intricate, complex stories in their own corner of the Marvel Universe. So, I agree. Um, yeah, so that's that's more yeah. or less it. Um, oh, just a quick update. I did get the uh, the Marvel Battlegrounds, the Infinity oh. set. And started kind of playing around with it yesterday for just a little bit. It, it's it's pretty cool. It's you know yeah. like I said, it's Smash Brothers. It kind of takes out the leveling aspect of the game. You know when you play the base game, you know part of it is you level your characters and they get different abilities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they they pretty much suck all that out. And it's really just about beating up the other you know the other characters for whatever reason and you know objectives and things like that and. Um, and again, the collectible parts of it are kind of cool. And the way they work the four-player multiplayer is, I guess, when you fire up the game, you only need the one portal. So when you put your character on it, it kind of like registers with the game that you have it, mm-hmm. and, and then you could take it off and put another one on. So literally, if you took oh, like okay. you know ten of your characters and just stuck them on the portal, so it kind of sucked it in during that level, you could you could have your four-player multiplayer. You know, your kind of your gotcha. You know, your buddies over kind of thing, and all beat up each other. Cool. Without needing to actually put them on the portal, uh, so yeah, so it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I just like I said, I just kind of play around with a little bit. Sweet. Um, well, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely something I'm going to put in my wish list of things that I want to get. Yeah, and if you already have the base game, it's you you know uh, again for for some people, if you look at like keep an eye on like a digital sale, you know, because sometimes they'll put like just the game itself for Disney Infinity three. Like I don't know, fifteen twenty bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can, you can go to GameStop and get a used um, like power pad or whatever because it hasn't changed between. I don't even think version one, two, or three. Like it's the same pad, so you could find those things right. used cheap. Um, and the battleground set, you know, you can get it for twenty bucks, and it comes with a little you know thing to play, and then you get the Captain America figure and um, cool, cool. Like I said, I'm finding them cheap, so cool. So yeah, it's just something kind of fun to play around with. So yeah. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, definitely head over to mcuexchange.com. Uh, again, you can find all Matthew's work over there, uh, as well as on Fridays. Uh, we usually post the show on Thursday. So on Friday, the MCU Exchange show is posted there. That's the best place you can find a link to that. The, the website's just gone through a bit of a, a, bit of a 
yeah, we, and a uh, revamp? Yeah, yeah, we switched over uh, platforms and uh, kind of, I think they're calling it f- uh, 4.0 um, MCU Exchange. So, yeah, yeah, we got a little bit of a different layout and, uh, yeah, just working on some new stuff. So, you know, just always trying to keep things uh, fresh and new. But, yeah, head to mcuexchange.com, check out our new layout. Cool. And then uh, head over to facebook.com slash podcast where you could uh, participate in the group that we have there. Um, and give us your feedback on the episodes as they come out. Uh, I, I've been trying to put a thread up after every episode, so we'd appreciate anybody's uh, feedback there. Um, iTunes reviews are always uh, always appreciated. Um, and you can head over to hhwlod.com to see the other podcasts uh, that I and my cohorts do over there. On uh, Like I said, we, this is pretty much Marvel-centric. We do a DC-centric podcast over there, um, as well as The Walking Dead, if you're a fan of that. Uh, so good stuff. Cool. And uh, I just started a Batman. It's not my my show, but uh, I'm I'm a host on a Batman podcast over at TaylorNetworkOfPodcast.com. Um, cool. It's called Gotham by Geeks. So if you're nice, if you're into Batman, you can check that out there. Um, like I said, we'll be late next week, uh, but we'll have a lot to talk about with Daredevil and the next oh, episode yes. of Agents of Shield. So that'll probably post Saturday. I guess it'll be the twenty seventh. So. Uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, so until next time, this has been Matthew and Russ, and you've been listening to It's All Connected.